0: Hello and welcome to PMI's Uncommon Sense podcast, tools to improve your work forever. I'm Susanna Clark, Managing Partner with PMI, the performance improvement consulting and training firm. Our Uncommon Sense podcast is a 15-minute conversation with our expert consultants. They talk a lot of common sense, although much of it is not common practice. And that's what this podcast is all about. We want you to be inspired to improve your business through learning more about the tools which can help you succeed and grow. Today, I'm joined by Sean Buckland. Sean, could you introduce yourself, please?
1: Hi, Suze. I'm Sean Buckland, a Director Consultant with PMI. I've been working for the last 30 plus years in organisational change improvement, first 15 years as a psychologist, and then since then in the field of Lean Six Sigma, and working variety of projects in public sector and, and in commercial sectors, and really enjoying making
0: things better. Excellent. So, in that vein, today we're going to talk about the power of retrospectives. Now, I hope I'm not the only one who actually doesn't know the first thing about this. So please, let's get going with what are retrospectives.
1: Okay. Right, so retrospective. Before I say what they are, it's just why did I choose this topic, really? It, it, it's an interesting topic to me because as I speak to more and more people who work in the field of agile and agile software development a lot of them tell me that one of the things they really love is the power of the retrospective. And when I'm, because I'm usually working to train them up to be Greenbelt, Six Sigma practitioners or something like that, they're saying, where does this retrospective piece fit with the <laughs> Greenbelt? And that's what I think is, is a very interesting conversation. So first of all, what is the retrospective? The retrospective is a formalized period of time for a project team to come together and explore the pluses, the deltas, the what's gone well over the last period of time, usually two weeks, and what has not gone as expected and what might we do differently in the future. And the reason why I think this is a particularly interesting topic is because in today's busy world, where everything is all about the next thing, delivering, there's this growing understanding of the power of reflection to improve practice is i think a wonderful thing and they do too hence why they mention it and when we look at the world of lean six sigma we know that underpinning it is this concept of plan do study act but the study piece is specifically in pdsa attached to the theory that we wish to test and It doesn't exclude what I'm about to say, but it doesn't explicitly include what I'm about to say, and that is the team taking the time to reflect on their own performance as an improvement team. If we look at the improvement cycle, we could see that at the end of of all of the phases, we've finished standardizing, handing back to the business, and the final stage is review. But a Greenbelt project might be six months, 12 months, even 18 months in the case of a very large, complex project. So why would we wait 18 months to reflect on our practice? Maybe this is something we can think about. Now, I know that the way we teach the improvement cycle at the end of each phase, you know, as we come out, select priorities, learn about the process and so on, we talk about putting in formalized reviews and they're stage-gated, stop-go, do we carry on with the project as well so it is in there but i think there's something very powerful that says once or twice a fortnight do we as a team just take the time to stop and reflect on are we doing the right things are we going about it in the right way are we making best use of the talents in the team do we even have the right team members do we need some additional resources some different skills coming in do we need a new perspective on something because we're all now fully convinced that we're right about X <laughs> and maybe that's the time to go and check our, check our theory. Here. I think there's a really interesting opportunity for Lean Six Sigma to build that way of thinking in formally as well.
0: Yeah. And I don't know about you, but I do hear of people with projects who get so far down the line And things aren't going the way that they want them to. Maybe it's slow. Maybe they can't get the right level of sponsor engagement. Business as usual. Getting in the way of them doing the work. There are a number of things. And, you know, my sense is of what you're describing, having conversations around some of those issues much earlier... Yeah. ...would have potentially enabled them to either overcome them, redirect their energy somewhere else and so on. So Mm -hmm. actually get a much better result from the work they're doing.
1: Exactly that, Suze, yes. And I think there's a really crucial word here, and that's one I've already used, and that's the word permission. Without it being a formalised part of the process, it's very easy for people to see this as non-value-add time. So let's just test that theory for a moment. What is the value-add of a retrospective? And I think, just building on what you were just saying there, Suze, if the team has gone off track in any way the longer they leave it before they address it, the more waste they've built into the project potentially fatally so because we know that waste in projects it's it's uncomfortable it's painful and it can often lead to um, negative views towards the whole project overall from within the team or outside of the team. so that's the obvious one. But there's also the element of how well do the team know each other? Very often in work, the definition of a team can be quite loose. This is a group of people who've been stuck in a room together and told to get on with it, for example. And is that really the same thing as I'm not a sports person, but if we took a random set of footballers, for example, and stuck them onto the same team by giving them the all same coloured shirt, and just randomly allocated them to positions, or at least broadly allocated them to positions without any further understanding, and then told them to go and win the World Cup, it may not go so well. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that might be where really <laughs> but, but, but isn't that what we often see happening in businesses? It's who's available, who are the go-to standard people that we always put on the project, who seem to have the best skill set, the best knowledge. But how much time do we allow change teams to really become effective as teams? And. I'm not saying we should spend a fortune of time and energy and pre-matching everything. I know there's some great tools out there to talk about different team roles and those kind of things. But the harsh reality, the harsh commercial reality is sometimes there is just one person who's in that role and therefore they are going to be on the team. But have we taken the time to allow them to explain how they work and how they don't work and what they find comfortable, what they don't find comfortable? I, I had a team member one time and, and we needed to work abroad and I'd not worked with him abroad previously. And he it, it just explained to me that, you know, he was an incredibly bright person, but he was so bright, he was on as the modern languages on the spectrum. And one of the ways that uh, that came out for him is he couldn't travel through airports. It was just too stressful for him. So we had to build into a whole extra day of travel time for him. For him to be able to travel to the location in a speed and way that would work for him. But what that meant was when we got to the location, he was fit and ready to work rather than so stressed he couldn't concentrate. And without the time spent working together with the retrospectives, we would not have understood this is why he was underperforming in the first week of the project. Because we all would work with him for ages. We knew him well, but we did not understand that we did not know him working abroad. It was a different thing. And it's about that formal permission. This is the time we put aside purely to work on ourselves as a team and our own processes. And that can also be giving ourselves the time to learn from the mistakes we've made. It could be time to give ourselves permission to forgive ourselves for those mistakes as well as learn from them. And also maybe it's time for us to come up with new theories about how we could work better together and test them over the next period. And how many Kan charts have we ever seen in our working careers that have got that help the project team to be successful as a team? It's just not there, is it? And I think that's a real shame. I think Agile's taught us something very important there, knowing that teams can always improve, can always get better. Otherwise, they just have one training season and that's it, just turn up for the matches, game over. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and that's not how it works, is it? Everything you do it provides new data you can learn from, but when do we structure that time? It doesn't have to be a massive amount of time, but it does need to be stretched and built in, or it will always get lost. Structured built in and
0: frequent is what I'm hearing from Well regular. Regular.
1: Frequent is dependent in my opinion on this on the urgency of the problem you're trying to fix. No, if you've got a team that's under high pressure, high stress no, and it has got a lot to deliver very quickly, then yes, frequent would be a very good idea because we need to let manage the stress rapidly even though ironically that puts more pressure on people because it takes more time if you're meeting frequently but if it's a relatively slower process with less urgency on it then but the thing is about the regularity because the regularity builds the habit And some excellent work I'm, I'm a particular fan of mike rother's work around toyota Kata, and this is where i first really picked up on this concept um, about that importance of the getting that tag time for improving ourselves as well as the tag time for delivering of the value. What are we doing each time following that same ritual and using the coaching process to reflect on our own practice and thus improve it? I think that's a really, really powerful thing.
0: I agree with you. Thank you. I hope that we hear a lot more about people building retrospectives into their project plans. Yep. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. You can find more episodes of our Uncommon Sense Tools to Improve Your Work Forever in our Knowledge Hub on our website, or, of course, your favorite podcast platform. And do subscribe so you never miss an episode. Don't forget to check out the show notes for this episode, where you'll find links to more content on this topic, which includes webinar recordings, toolbox guides, blogs, and infographics, and our training page. You can always drop us a line on team at pmi.co.uk and arrange a time to have a call to talk about how these tools can help you in your organization. We'd really love to hear from you.